You are Locked On Pit, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Panther Nation? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Pit Podcast. Your daily podcast covering the Pittsburgh Panthers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I am Nick Fairby, right? For Pittsburgh Sports Now, I work at WPTS Radio, and I'm a production assistant at ACC Network. And today I have a very special guest, Matt Conley, Clemson beat writer for ClemsonSports.com with On Three Sports. Will join me today to talk about the Clemson side of things. How's that offense looking? What can they do? To maybe attack Pitt, and more importantly, can Clemson's defense somehow slow down Kenny Pickett and this offense? All that and more coming up on Locked on Pitt. folks welcome back to the locked on pit podcast and as always thank you for making locked on pit your first listen every day we are free and available on all platforms make sure to leave a five-star review as usual i am joined by matt conley today matt how are you doing doing well man really looking forward to this game and then head up to pit never really hung out in pit before so excited for that and then kind of check out the city so yeah, I think it's the first time I think Pitt, at least as an ACC school, is hosting Clemson uh, at Pittsburgh. Yeah, Clemson's so, never played up there. Yeah, they played either in the ACC championship game or down in Death Valley. So that is a, a new uh, thing for Pitt, definitely. And I, I do think that that's going to be very interesting to see how much turnout Pitt's going to get, too. This is their biggest game in arguably over a decade. Um, so it's, it's going to be very interesting to see what the atmosphere is going to be. But Clemson is not what Clemson usually is. I mean, I think Pitt fans, if you asked them before the year, would have told you this is a guaranteed loss. Now it looks like, quite frankly, one that Pitt should win. I mean, really, that's kind of how it feels for Pitt. Yeah. What's what's going on with that offense? I mean, there's so many different dimensions. We'll break them down. But at the core, this Clemson offense is just not clicking at all. No, it's not. I mean, they haven't scored 20 points or more in regulation against an FBS team all year which is crazy at this point in the season. So, I mean, the offensive line, um, first of all, they played three different centers on the offensive line, had injuries and, and just dealt with some issues there. Um, you know, they've had other injuries. Or, I'm sorry, yeah, so three different centers, and they've had other injuries on the offensive line as well. Um, it's been – Dabo said it's been like musical chairs with those guys, just kind of bringing people in and out and switching things up, so – I think it starts up front, just they haven't been able to establish a running game, whether it's a three-man front, four-man front, blitz, whatever. They can't get the running game going. Um, and then if they do start having a little bit of success in the running game, the passing game's just been off. And that's with receivers not blocking on the edge. It's with receivers dropping passes. Um, DJ's been inaccurate some. So, man, the offense has just kind of been a mess. And it's, you know, someone who's followed Clemson for several years. I mean, I was here for all of the Deshaun Watson years, all of the Trevor Lawrence years. It's just kind of weird to see a Clemson offense is struggling so much, even to get, like, first downs at times. I mean, against NC State, they couldn't get a first down. Uh, so, it's just been a weird year for sure. Yeah, and, and that's the biggest thing. DJ Uyagagale is not playing to the ability that we saw last year. He was expected to be one of the better quarterbacks, I think, in the country period, not just the ACC. He hasn't played well. 
And I mean, going against a pit defense now, Pitt has the second best rushing defense in the ACC. They're only allowing a hundred yards per game. And you figure if you want to take some pressure off DJ um, in this game, you would want Kobe Pace, maybe Will Shipley, and also and uh, Phil Maffa that to kind of take off a little bit of the pressure um, from DJ. But how how in the world is the run running game going to get going against a pit front that has been really good against the run so far this year? Yeah, I mean, the coaching staff has said this week that if Clemson is going to have success, it's going to have to hit plays in the passing game um, and big plays, you know, not just a little dink and dunk it down the field. Um, you know, from what Clemson's seen on film, Pitt's going to take away the running game. They're going to stack the box. They're going to play tight on receivers. And, you know, if, if you're going to win matchups, if you're going to move the ball, you're going to have to take some shots down the field. So I don't think Clemson is expecting to have a ton of success in the running game. I think that they're kind of thinking, you know, maybe some hit some RPOs. I know Western Michigan had a lot of success early in the year with that, with some RPOs. So I think that, that Clemson's, you know, done that some as well. So they're going to hope to have some success there. And then also hope to connect on some deep shots, which you know, they have the test so weird. Like they, they have a really talented receiving core. They've got Justin Ross, who's made huge plays in the biggest stage you could possibly want. They've got four and five star guys up and down the roster receiver, uh, but they just haven't made plays this year. And so, you know, I think that's just going to be a, a huge part of this game is because some of those guys finally start making some plays, finishing some plays this is a big word they've been using. Um, you know, when they have guys open, they haven't finished the play. They've dropped the ball um, or DJ's overthrown them or whatever it may be. So, yeah, man, it, it'll be interesting to see for sure. But I think they're definitely going to have to hit some big plays to have a chance. Well, if they have a chance, this might be the, the week. Um, I mean, Pitt has allowed a lot of explosive plays in the passing game. They've cut back on them in the last two games against Georgia Tech and Virginia Tech, which is – I mean, it's a good trend for Pitt. Their explosive play differential was – up, I think it was almost even, and you know how many explosive plays the offense was putting up. The defense was giving up just as many, but at this point, now you look at what they've done over the last two weeks, Pitt's kind of limiting them. Is there a, a sense that against that press man quarter scheme, Narduzzi essentially playing cover zero on almost every snap, that maybe they can get a guy like Ross or, or Nagata or whoever it might be on the outside? It doesn't sound like they're going to have EJ Williams with a knee scope. Um, does it, does it, is there a feel that they might be able to get a few of those explosive plays that they haven't hit this year? I mean, look, they, they feel like they have to. Like, they feel like Justin Ross, Sosa, Mangata are going to have to go make plays. I don't think Frank Ladson's going to be back either. Uh, maybe even a Joe Joe, who's a young guy who had a couple of big catches on third down last week. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they're going to have to get some of these guys involved and make plays down the field. You know, if you go back and watch Justin Ross as a freshman and a sophomore, he was making just insane grabs, one-handed catches, um, you know, going up and getting the ball in traffic, just everything you could possibly want for a receiver. He did that his first couple of years, and then now as he's kind of coming back from the injury, he was out all of last year. He's made some catches like that, but it just hasn't clicked consistently the way it, that it did. Um, you know, the same thing with Ngata. I mean, he's shown flashes of you – know, you go watch his, his touchdown catch last week against Syracuse, you're not going to see a better catch than that. I mean, he goes up, high points the ball in traffic, gets his gets his heel down as he's being shoved out of bounds. Just an insane catch. Then he comes back a couple of series later and has the ball go right through his hands on a third down that, that Clemson really needed. So with both of those guys, I think it's just being consistent, um, you know, making the plays when they're there. But, yeah, I mean, you know, they, they know that they need those guys to step up if they're going to have any shot at winning this game. And, and – to DJ's credit, he has played well. I shouldn't say well. He's played better the last couple of weeks. I mean, he's 
he's put some balls there where they need to be. Um, you know, his completion percentage last week was pretty good, and that was despite I think Clemson had five drops last week. So Dabo said today, you know, the biggest difference between the offense this year and last year isn't isn't DJ versus Trevor Lawrence. It's all the pieces around them. The running backs aren't playing as well. The the offensive line isn't playing as well. The receivers aren't playing as well. So. Yeah, definitely there's some some things DJ can do better, but just the offense as a whole is kind of struggling as well. Yeah, and I think the offensive line is a very interesting piece uh, to this puzzle um, because I think pitch strength is up front and and specifically at, on the defensive line with guys like Kalijah Kansi, Habakkuk, Baldonado, Deslin Alexander. They're very deep at defensive line. And I want to talk about the effect pressure can have on this game. But first, folks, I want to let you guys know about Sweplock. Sweatblock are doctor-created, doctor-recommended sweat wipes that can stop excessive sweat for up to seven days per use. And folks, you get a dry shirt guarantee, so a sweatblock doesn't keep you dry, you can get your money back. So it's not just for anything, you can be dry anywhere you want, literally. And I mean that, for anything you want to, whether you're going on a date, whether you're just going to work, whether you're going out of town... Anything you can think of that you do not want to be sweaty for, you don't have to be sweaty for. So, folks, if you or someone you care about is dealing with excessive sweat, you have to check out Sweatblock. Get it today for 20% off at Sweatblock to come with our promo code locked on. Again, that's the promo code locked on, or get it at Amazon and CVS. All right, folks, welcome back to the Lockdown Pit Podcast, and as always, thank you for making Lockdown Pit your first listen every day. Now, folks, I want to talk about the pressure here. Matt, I mean, Pitt has strength up front with Cansey, with Baldonado, with Alexander, with all these guys. So I guess how much of a factor do you think Pitt's defensive line is going to be in this game, specifically getting pressure on DJ Uyagagale and potentially making his life really hard. I mean, they haven't given up many rushing yards to the guys like Braxton Burmeister and Jeff Sims who can really scoot. So DJ's a different type of runner, but what do you think is going to be really dealing with the pressure up front from Pitt's defense, including the linebackers coming? Yeah, I think it'll be hard for sure. And especially because it's the middle of Clemson's offensive line that's kind of struggled interior. Um, you know, the, the the guard position, the center position. And it seems like that's where Pitt's probably the best. I mean, right tackle Walker Park struggled last year as well. Or, I'm sorry, last week as well. He got beat some. So, you know, Clemson hasn't played great necessarily at tackle. But by far and away, the best offensive lineman this year has been left tackle Jordan McFadden. Uh, but outside of him, you know, the left guard, the center, the right guard, the right tackle, they've all had their share of struggles. And last week, Clemson was kind of subbing guys in and out. I mean, you know, if you miss a block, if you miss an assignment, you're out of here. Give give someone else a chance. So they're still trying to find, I guess, the, the right combination, the right pieces um, to have the best success. But, yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I think Clemson's – I'm sorry, I think Pitt's defensive line for sure will challenge Clemson, particularly of the middle, um, kind of the, the tackle position. Yeah, and I think the last thing kind of about the Clemson offense, how heavy – do you expect Tony Elliott to rely on those RPOs? A lot of teams have tried to hit the RPOs in recent weeks. Georgia Tech and Virginia Tech both trying to. Haven't worked as well as they did against Western Michigan. Pitt seems to be making adjustments to those. But how heavy is, first of all, just it part of the normal game plan that 
usually they try to make the Iagagale run? And second, how much do you think they rely on that to try and maybe get key explosive plays just over the middle of the field to try and maybe open things up to the boundary? Yeah, I think they'll use it some, but it hasn't been a huge part of Clemson's offense this year necessarily. Um, and Dabo said today like that that he really feels like since the Western Michigan game, you can tell Pitt's done a much better job with RPOs, whether it be the eye, just reading the eyes and, and not just getting sucked in based on where the quarterback's looking, um, whether it be even making tackles. I mean, he said if you look at that Western Michigan game, Pitt missed a lot of tackles in that game. Um, had a chance to, to get some guys on the ground and didn't, and, and then it becomes a big play. Um, he said the safeties have been better. So so just all around, it seems like his defense has improved since that Western Michigan game. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I'm sure Clemson will run some. You know, I don't think it'll be anything overly uh, complex or any, anything more than than a typical game. I mean, I think that, that Clemson respects the changes Pitt has made since uh, those early season struggles and, and understands that – Look, you know, they may have struggled with this early on in the year, but this just – we can't rely on this as our only way to beat Pitt and, and just feel like we're going to get the job done. Yeah, I think that's that's essentially the point. Pitt's safeties are playing better. Hallett and Hill are playing much better. They're a little banged up there too. Rashad Battle, the third guy there, is hurt. Um, missed last week's game. Didn't travel to Virginia Tech. We'll see if he suits up this week. But I, I think that Dabo is kind of on the money with that. They're not running as much just press man quarters. They're actually bringing guys down and cover one, and they're disguising some things. So it's going to be a little bit tougher. But I, I think the big matchup and, and the one that everyone's going to be buzzing about is that Pitt offense versus the Clemson defense because this looks like the best defense Pitt's going to face this year. Um, and it looks like it looks like potentially the best offense that Clemson's seen this year as well. So first of all, let's just go on it. I mean, Kenny Pickett here. This guy's played absolutely phenomenal. He's on an absolute tear. Do you think that that Clemson's going to be able to slow Kenny Pickett down? You know the past with Kenny Pickett against Clemson is not pretty. Kenny Pickett threw four picks last year in the first game. He threw for like eight yards. Um, I mean, it was he's not been good against Clemson, but this might not be the same Kenny Pickett you've seen. Yeah, he was he was sacked six times last year too. So you know, I think last year Pitt was pretty banged up on the offensive line. And I think honestly, that's going to be a big part of it is can they protect him? Can they give him time? Um, can they let Jordan Addison and those receivers get open downfield and make plays? I mean, you know, I, I think if Clemson's strength – I think Clemson's strength on defense is probably up front. Now they've got Tyler Davis and Brian Brzee out right now, which is a couple of huge losses, but they still have Miles Murphy, Xavier Thomas, a couple of uh, All-American level type defensive ends. So those guys are definitely going to try to make Kenny Pickett uncomfortable in the pocket. I think Brent Venables is going to dial up some bit blitzes to try to get uh, Kenny Pickett uncomfortable. But, yeah, I'm interested to see how he plays for sure. I mean, you know, like, like you said, it hasn't been pretty against Clemson so far in his career. Um, but I know that, you know, he'd love no, nothing more than to go up against this Clemson defense and, you know, kind of prove himself and not only take, go a long ways towards helping uh, Pitt win the ACC championship and, and get to that championship game, but also, man, that'd be huge for his draft talk if he's, able, if he's able to go out and perform the way he has been so far this year against Brent Venables' defense and, and all that talent Clemson has. Yeah, and there, you know, Kenny Pickett made a list of, of things I want to do in my super senior year. He accomplished the first one, which is beating Virginia Tech and Blacksburg. Never had did that before. His second one beat Clemson. So we'll see if he can if he can achieve that. That's kind of one of his personal kryptonites he wants to come over. I think one of the biggest 
matchups, though, is going to be in the red zone and in this game. I think Pitt's going to be able to drive a decent bit. But Clemson has one of the best red zone defenses in the NCAA. And Pitt, conversely, has a really good red zone offense. Um, it's kind of hurt because they they failed on their 11-minute drive last week against Virginia Tech, just throwing it out of the back of the end zone to waste more time. But, I mean, they scored the most touch, the red zone touchdowns out of any team in the NCAA this year. That's, that's what Pitt has done. I, I mean, what do you feel about that matchup in the red zone with Pitt versus Clemson, a real strength-on-strength strength battle there, more so than anything? It'll be interesting. I mean, Clemson is, has kind of been a bend but don't break defense this year. Um, and not that teams have had a ton of success against them, but when they have, you know, when Clemson needed to get stops, whether it be against Boston College, Georgia Tech, whatever it may be, they've gotten the stops late that they've needed to. So definitely a strength for the Clemson defense. Um, you know, and I think it's interesting too, like, man, you mentioned how much uh, Kenny Pickett wants to be Clemson and you know, I, I think that he's sitting on film. The rest of the pit offense is sitting on film. Um, and definitely the defense is sitting on film and looking at this this Clemson team and just being like, man, you know, like we turn on the film. Like, this team's just not that good, you know? I mean, you know, I think everyone going into the year thought Clemson was going to be a powerhouse, a national title contender, a playoff contender, all this stuff. And But, I, you know, I was on a radio show earlier um, here in Clemson it was just saying, like, if you if you just turn on the film and if you haven't watched anything else all year, if you don't know anything about um, these teams from the past, recruiting rankings, whatever, and you just watch Pitt play football and you watch Clemson play football and say, you know, which team shall win, it's Pitt far and away. It's not even close. So I think for sure this is an opportunity that, that, that Pick is looking at. It's like, man, not only do I have a chance to beat this team, I have a chance to really put it to them, um, you know, really have a strong performance, help my – Draft stock, but but you know I just think up and down the Clem the the pit roster when you're looking at this Clemson team, uh, and I'm sure Pat Narduzzi saying, man, this this team just isn't that good. We've had a huge huge opportunity to beat them to show what we're made of, and, and you know kind of make a statement this week. Yeah, I'm sure there's stuff going on beyond that. To the public, they're saying Clemson's the bar. We're not overlooking them. We're viewing them as the playoff Clemson. So they're trying to at least keep this. Um, to what it would be if they had done it in August. And, and I do want to get your take on Pitt's receivers kind of versus these Clemson corners. Uh, but first, folks, I want to let you know about rockauto.com because with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts that you will need. So why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning when you can get everything you want just by going to Rock Auto? Com. Folks, you can choose anything you want just from your pocket with rockauto.com. So save time and money when using Rock Auto. The, the prices are low, they're reliably low for everyone, and they can have everything your car or truck will ever need. So folks, go to rockauto.com right now and use all the parts that you need for your car or truck. Right locked on in there. How did you hear about us section so we they know that we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com folks betonline.ag is back and better than ever a new web interface is here for the start of the basketball season and as football season continues to pick up there's more props odds and lines than ever before on bet online 
betonline.ag. So BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the pro football and pro basketball action this season. So head to their new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to receive your bonus. Again, that's the promo code Locked On from basketball, football, baseball, postseason, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, where the game starts. Alright folks, welcome back to the Locked On Pit Podcast here with Matt Conley, breaking down the Pit offense versus the Clemson defense right now, and man, those receivers of Pit versus the Clemson corners are going to be a big matchup. However, um, but I think the more interesting thing with Pit over the past few weeks on offense has been the emergence of their running game. It's actually come alive. Um, last week, they ran over 200 yards. They had a nice day against Georgia Tech as well, and Israel Abanikanda is breaking out he had his best game of his career last week he said his name because i wasn't ready to try yeah it's israel abanikanda yep that's how you say it abanikanda yeah, he had a great game last week for sure against virginia Tech. and it's sean tucker had a good game last week against clemson and you know i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say that abanikanda is on the same level as sean tucker sean tucker looks phenomenal but pitt's run blocking has also gotten better up front i, I mean how how much of a concern is it, that Pitt maybe actually can get movement and run the football after they've done it against teams like Virginia Tech? I think it's somewhat of a concern, but I'll, I'll say with Sean Tucker, I mean, he had a big game overall. If you just look at his stats and his yards per carry and all that stuff, but really it was two runs that that he hit pretty big. Um, and the rest of the runs, man, he was getting a yard, two yards, even losing some yards. So yeah, I think there were a couple of times where Clemson kind of lost leverage, lost gap control, um, you know, the, the things you really need to do. Slow down the run, but outside of that, I thought they did a pretty good job overall. But yeah, I'm sure you know Pitt's looking at the Clemson defense and saying, "Hey, um, you know there are opportunities. Not that not that we're necessarily going to break off six, seven, eight yards of carry against Clemson every time. I think that's really hard to do. But yeah, there are opportunities when you know if Clemson's uh, blitzing, looking for for the pass, trying to get a picket, maybe uh, hand a ball off underneath and, and pick up some big yardage." Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, I think there are opportunities for Clint, or for Pitt to uh, to make some plays in the running game, but I don't think it's going to be necessarily a situation where, you know, they're lining up and hoping to get six, seven yards of carry every time. I think I think that's going to hard to going to be hard to do, um, but Clemson will give up some big plays from time to time in the running game. Yeah, and I think it, I think they're going to at least go to their passing game more than their running game. I, I will say that, and I oh, think sure. that Pitt's rushing uh, rushing attack while it's coming alive. Pitt's passing attack is even better, uh, and their pass protection has been phenomenal this year. They're one of – they, they have the best pass protecting unit in terms of pressure stats in the ACC this year. Um, so it, it's been very good for them up front. But I think the receivers versus these Clemson corners, specifically how Clemson uses Andrew Booth, I, I think is going to be interesting. Do you, First of all, do you expect Booth to shadow Jordan Addison? Clemson normally doesn't, doesn't do the shadow thing. Um, they, they normally just say – Hey man, our corners are good. You know our defense is good. We're not gonna, we're not gonna shadow. We're gonna trust our guys, whether it be 
Andrew Booth, whether it be Mario Goodrich, whether it be Sheridan Jones. Um, I think that their kind of their kind of thought process is our corners are good enough that we don't need to follow someone around the field and just let them dictate what we're doing on defense. We're kind of going to do what we do no matter who it is. And I think in this matchup, it kind of makes it like it's not like uh, Addison's the only receiver Pitt has. I mean, they've had they have several really good receivers and their tight ends really good as well. Who's made plenty of plays this year too. So I don't expect necessarily for uh, for Clemson to to shadow. Addison with Booth. I think they'll just kind of play their defense and, and trust those guys outside of Booth to make plays too. Yeah. Well, then how how much success do you because Pitt, as you said, Pitt's a pretty deep receiving core. It's not just Addison. It's Jared Wayne who had a big game last week. Taysier Max had big games, and they still have guys like Stovall, Barden, Jacques Louis, and then there's Lucas Crawl as well, who also is, is a big mismatch. I mean, do you expect do, how how good do you think Clemson can handle the passing offensive Pitt? And where, where's a realistic goal for them to hold them to points-wise? I mean, what do you think they're going to have to score in order for, say, Clemson's offense to have a chance to keep them in this game? I think, like, under 30. I mean, I, I think that – so I picked the game. I picked Pitt 27-17. to 17, um, And I just don't think Clemson can score enough to keep up with Pitt just based off what I've seen this year. I just, I just haven't seen it. Um but I mean, I, you know, I think if Clemson's defense can hold it under 30, then they have to feel decent about it. And look, like I, like I know some other Clemson reporters have said this week that, uh, that, um, you know, with, with Pitt's offense, oh, they only scored 28 last week against Virginia Tech. Like, you know, if you play a good defense, how, how really good are they? Well, that game was 28 to nothing early in the third quarter. And from what I've seen from it, it, it seemed like, Pitt kind of took it off the gas a little bit. Not that they just completely checked out, but I think Pitt probably scores 35, 42 points if they want to in that game, if they want to keep the pedal to the metal. So I think that, that Pitt's going to score some points against Clemson. Um, I think Clemson's defense is really good. It's by far the best defense Pitt has seen this year, but they also have some guys out, particularly up front. So you know, I, I think for Clemson to have a chance, you've got to hope to, to get in the 20s, probably in the upper 20s, and try to try to find a way to win a game like that. Yeah, I think that's realistic. I think you're right. Pitt did take the gas off a little bit, and especially with that 11-minute drive in the fourth quarter. I think they they possessed it from about 14 minutes in the third to in the fourth to about a minute and a half. Yeah. I mean, they they completely ran the clock out um, against Virginia Tech. I uh, one last question I do want to have uh, for you about this Pitt offense versus this Clemson defense. Lucas Kroll is a is a different type of weapon, and he is that tight end X factor that teams have to always just account for when you look at Kroll, does he put a lot of fear into you because maybe you're focusing too much on Addison or how, how how's Clemson looked against tight ends this year and have they faced a tight end that you think is maybe on par with the guy like say Lucas Kroll? I mean, Brock Bowers from Georgia is one of the best tight ends in the country. I think, um, and he didn't do a ton against Clemson, but that was also a weird game where Georgia's defense was playing so well that, that I think they felt like they really didn't need to take any chances and, and really air it out at all. Um, just kind of trust their defense to just keep Clemson from doing much of anything. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think you know, I think part of it depends on if, if Pitt's able to have any success in the running game. I think that's kind of how you open up some things and, and get those linebackers kind of cheating up and, um, you know, trying to stop the run, and then you hit them over the top a little bit have find some openings in the middle of the field. 
you know, I do think there are opportunities to hit the tight end against Clemson's defense. Um, Clemson's linebackers have been really good this year, but they also have given up some play action passes. And so, yeah, I mean, you know, I think this will be one of the better tight ends Clemson will face all year. Um, the staff is definitely aware of them, and, and they've been talking about it plenty of, you know, trying to find a way to slow him down. So, yeah, it's not it's not going to be easy for sure. Just another weapon uh, for Kenny Pickett to find. Yeah, and, and so kind of my last question, I guess, what is the feel around this game for Clemson? I mean, they do they really feel like they're that behind the eight ball that Pitt's actually more favored? I, I know the feeling around Pittsburgh right now is that this is a classic game that Pitt would drop. Um, just just kind of the history of Pitt's program. What's the feeling around Clemson right now? I mean, look, Clemson's 0-6 against the spread this year. They haven't scored more than 20 points in regulation against any opponent um, all year outside of South Carolina State, which is an FCS team. Um, they haven't shown consistency to move the ball. The offensive line has struggled. I mean, I, I think that if you just ask most Clemson fans, most, most Clemson media members, they think Clemson's going to lose this game. And, and they just feel like, look, Clemson's – we've seen nothing from Clemson's offense that makes us think that, that they're ready to go and uh, put up a lot of points. So, yeah, I, I think the feeling around Clemson is this team's in a lot of trouble and, and you know, they're going to have to get lucky to try to find a way to, to survive and, and find a way to win this game. And, and, and I, I think there are some people that are expecting a blowout Saturday. Um, I don't necessarily think it, it'll be a blowout. But I wouldn't be surprised at all. Like I, like I picked earlier, I wouldn't be surprised at all if Pitt wins by 10 points or so. Um, I think Clemson's defense is really good and can hold Kenny Pickett somewhat in check, but I also don't think Clemson's offense is capable of scoring in the in the 20s. So, yeah, I, I think, you know, and it's interesting too, and I want to ask you this, like, I know you said the fan base kind of feels like it's it's this is the kind of game that Pitt will lose. I mean – how are the fans feeling right now? How are the fans in Pittsburgh? Are they excited? Do they feel like you know, we have a chance to really do something special? Do you think it'll be a, a sellout crowd? Um, just what are you expecting Saturday? Well, I'm expecting a lot of people to be there. And I, I think the feeling around Pitt right now is we haven't been here in a very long time. And the, the times we have been here, it's not gone well, right? I mean, the last time that I can remember Pitt winning a game like this was – Penn State 2016-ish, they fell off a cliff there. They started 5-1. and one. They ended that year 8-5. and five. I mean, that was a disappointing year. So when you, when you look at what Pitt's done, especially when they've been ranked, they just haven't been able to break that glass ceiling. And even going back to, you know, 2009, they had a chance to win the Big East. And they blew a, a three, four touchdown lead to Cincinnati at home. So it's, it's something where Pitt fans are happy about where they are. This looks like this could be the finally the year where Pitt – gets their or at least gets a taste of their former glory if you will um but the, the the past few years have just been so brought with disappointment that you're cautiously not going to get on the bandwagon i think pit fans are going to be like that for the rest of the year um until they get that acc title bid i think that you're going to see pit fans on edge because again this is in their nature where they can lose this game and, and that's kind of the nature of it is there any chance for a sellout you think uh, I don't think so. That's how Pitt sold out a game. Oh, boy. Like not, the, not the Steelers, but actual Pitt. Like, I think it was Penn State 2016. Um, first Penn, Pitt-Penn State game in, in like, 20-plus years that 
time. I think that was the last time they sold it out. It's tough enough for the Steelers to sell out Heinz Field. It's just like 60-something thousand. There's only so many Pitt fans that live in Pittsburgh and, and around the area. I don't expect it to be a sellout. Um, I expect it to be a hefty crowd. Uh, I think it'll be pretty full. The whole lower bowl will be filled, so you'll get noise and you'll get an actual college atmosphere, I think. But I can't imagine them selling this whole thing out. It was it was weird last year at Syracuse. I mean, that's a pretty good – or last week, it's a pretty small venue, and it was probably – probably 60% full maybe. Um, so it's just it's just weird. Like, I, you know, I thought some of the fans would have the same mindset as teams as far as like, man, this is our chance to really beat a Clemson team that, you know, really, really kind of take it to and we're going to come out and pack it. And that's not what Syracuse did last week, so – I was just curious. I mean, you know, Clemson Stadium holds 85,000. Um, so most weeks they're getting, you know, they, they haven't sold out every game this year, but most weeks they're getting around 75, 80,000 or whatever. So I, w- I was just curious kind of how how Pitt would, would end up. Um, you know, I'm hoping for a great atmosphere. I've never been to a game at Pittsburgh. I've never really hung out in Pittsburgh before. So looking forward to doing that for the first time. Uh, I'm just kind of curious how the, how you thought the crowd would be. Oh, I think it'll be strong. Um, they had a good crowd against in week one against UMass. Hadn't been great because they lost to Western Michigan, and it was pretty good after the Tennessee win, but again, then they lost to Western Michigan. Hasn't Wasn't good for New Hampshire, but that's probably because it's New Hampshire. Um, and they haven't had a home game since that game. So this is the first time they're coming home ranked 5-1. and one. This is going to be a pretty well-attended game. And uh, the students are definitely going to be out and crazy. Um, that's for sure. Uh, you can feel that on campus that there's a buzz about this game um, that I think is different than, say, Pitt versus a random Duke team coming to town or another random team. There, there's a definite buzz about this game where I think Pitt is going to come out well and there's going to be a definite atmosphere. So very huge. All right, Matt, tell them where they could find you, plug your stuff. Where can they read your stuff? Yeah, ClemsonSports.com. We'll have tons of preview content going into the game. Um, really looking forward to, to coming up and kind of checking it out. And I'm Matt on Clemson uh, on Twitter. If any of you guys want to give me a follow and offer any tips for uh, checking out Pittsburgh, my first real trip kind of hanging out in the city. So food recommendations, bars, whatever y'all got, throw them at me. I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to making the trip up. All right, folks, Matt is great. Make sure to check him out on Twitter. Make sure to read his stuff. He's got pit content, Clemson content. If you want an inside view of what Clemson's going to look like this season and what they've looked like up to this game, make sure to check out his stuff. He does great work over there. And, folks, tomorrow, obviously, it will be our preview show, and I'll give you the whole breakdown of Pitt versus Clemson, what I think their aspirations are and what can go right and wrong. And always, 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 I'll give my predictions, keys to the game, and all that good stuff. And as folks, always, thanks for making Locked On Pit your first listen every day. But now I would be remiss to make sure you don't make Locked On ACC your second listen every day. Because Locked On ACC is where you can get all your daily ACC news in less than 30 minutes with ACC expert Candace Cooper. It's free and available on all platforms. All right, folks, thanks for listening. And as always, hail to Pitt.